Okay, boys. 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 This is another big edition of What You Spinning. Uh, this is episode 48, two weeks away from episode 50. We'll go ahead and intro what we're doing for episode 50 right here, right now. Let me actually... Just smile, man. I know, you're you're a fucking midget. Dude. Give me some bucks. <laughs> Pedal extenders. Um, <laughs> uh, so, episode 50, uh, two episodes from now, we'll be going ahead and doing instrumentals again. Instrumental part two. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've had my pick for this since like episode 30. Mm -hmm. I know you boys are excited. I'm excited to see what y'all bring. Mm -hmm. Uh, we're at Matt's place again, hanging out in the sun. Uh, great, beautiful day. I am going Mm -hmm. to get an absurd sunburn. Mm -hmm. Um, but we'll trade uh, off. We'll trade off. We do it for the love of the game though. We We do do it for the love of the game. Mix it up. And waiting in the rafters to help us go into my album for this week. We've got a good friend of mine, my roommate, longtime roommate, but more importantly than that, it's my brother. Yeah, you know it's my brother, <laughs> Vinny Hendo, the Rain Man himself. Yeah, let's go ahead and give a big welcome to Gavin. <laughs> yeah, my brother. <laughs> How you doing, bro? Hey, everybody. I'm doing great. <laughs> oh, what up, man? What's up? Hell yeah. Well, let's, let's go. go ahead and uh, dive right on into it. Uh, my pick for this week, if y'all remember was uh acid rap by chance the rapper uh his second mixtape released in 2013 which is an album that me and gavin play a lot talk about a lot we may or may not play 10 day more but either way it's still it's still appreciated around around the carpets uh but yeah let's go right on into it gavin what do you got to say about it bro um honestly it was one of the Starting hip-hop albums that really got me into kind of underground the Chicago scene um, around that area, uh, which branched off into the social experiment and hit whole arc with them. But Acid Rap itself was really, I fell in love with 10 Day, and then when he dropped Acid Rap not long after, it was one of the first uh, free albums uh, when it came out. He didn't make anyone pay for it. He actually dropped all of the, the audio files on his website so you could go and get it for free. Which was really yeah. cool. Uh, and so, uh, being a broke high school student, I, I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> On top of that, uh, just had banger after banger. Yeah, hard to hard to find uh, a skippable song on this. You know, mm-hmm. whether it's the first half of the album to the second half when you get into like Acid Rain and shit. Just there's so many strong runs. Um, but yeah, I know you and I have talked a little bit about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, well, he and I have, but Matt, this was kind of your it's my introduction to Chance. Yeah, you were kind of a Chance virgin. <laughs> Take a chance. No, I liked it. It's uh, it's got that you know jazzy rap kind of vibe to it, but the the vocal and lyrical delivery is just so real, uh, and it's on point. He's good at what he does. I haven't listened to anything else he's done, but uh, this is very eclectic and just a fun album for me to listen to in general. Um, the second mixtape, is that right? Yeah. And, and the first one is up at 10 Day? That's 10 okay. Day, yeah. And that one... Why do you guys like that one better? <sighs> I mean, shit. <laughs> um, honestly, that one's just really real to me. So what happened is uh, he got suspended for 10 days from school. Uh, 
for having weed in his backpack. Uh, somebody told on him for having weed in his backpack in high school. And so in 10 days, he recorded this whole mixtape and then dropped wow. it. It was really the start of oh. his career. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. That's now. pretty cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. And the opening track is called uh, 14,400 Minutes. Okay. Uh, 14,400 Minutes, which is uh, the equivalent. Isn't it the equivalent to 10 days or something like that? Yeah, it's kind of like the 10,000 days, like, tool thing. Mm -hmm. And so the opening Mm -hmm. track, and, dude, that, I mean, fuck. (laughs) I'm going to, I got to get that album so that way we can cover it, uh, because I was listening to it a lot this week, too. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, Acid Rap, one of the things that I really enjoy about it is you get a lot of uh, artists that are really big nowadays. Mm -hmm. You get, like, young features from them. Mm-hmm. So you've got Action Bronson, you've got Saba, yeah, uh, Childish Gambino. What was that, yeah. dude? And Absol. Oh, yeah. yeah. Fuck. Yeah, Smoke Again, Young Absol on there. Dude, like, yeah, I forgot, like, how many people were on this. Uh, like, Saba, like, it's very different to, like, his Care For Me album, mm-hmm. um, which was cool that he was still on this. Uh, Action Bronson uh we even get vic mensa like this is like a decent song from vic mensa that i hadn't heard in a while there were a lot um, of people twista was on here too yeah this is a throwback uh, to my yeah. day you know, which is funny it is you know and gavin you brought up a you brought up a great point this was and you know speaking of twist and everything because he ended up doing uh or way prior to this ended up that's a fucking stupid way to put it uh but he did stuff with kanye so he was connected to the chicago scene you know, and then obviously BJ, the Chicago kid, Saba, mm-hmm. like all of these kids were in Chicago. And then it was like, hey, just come on this track, mm-hmm. you know. Um, Apparently, like he like I was reading up something that said like 30 to 40 percent of the time he was like on acid or like on some sort of psychedelic or something like mm-hmm. making this album, <laughs> which is cool. It's like the inspiration. Like it wasn't obviously the focus of it, but mm-hmm. it was like kind of inspired him to do it and i guess that's obviously the title of the album right mm-hmm. acid rap mm-hmm. um but yeah i feel like this album was such a moment mm-hmm. uh, like so specific for a lot of like young people like in high school or you know like wherever they are in college or whatever um like you just think about some of these songs and it's like just brings you back to a moment like oh yeah especially juice um bummer that it's not on streaming um you had to like look at youtube or whatever 24 hours it will be apparently that's what dorian said is going to be on streaming that'd be really cool um they couldn't clear the sample or whatever but yeah that song was definitely like a summer jam like oh yeah it's always bumping it yeah i well i mean we were talking this morning and i was like yeah my the day i graduated high school i played i started off with graduation by kanye west because i'm Because I'm a stereotypical stooge, and then did, yeah, yeah, and then <laughs> and then it, the rest of it was acid rap. And speaking on the hallucinogen psychedelic part, Gavin, what do we always say that Chance shouldn't have done? The two things he shouldn't have done: stop doing acid and got married. He shouldn't have gotten married, <laughs> oh. and he shouldn't have done it. He shouldn't have stopped doing acid. Yeah, the his like newer album, the Big Day or whatever, garbage. The, yeah, I did not like that album. Mm-hmm. This was I feel like definitely his stronger. Drugs was eminent rapper. What was that? Two people that profited profited strongly off of doing drugs was Chance the Rapper and Eminem. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that is very that is a very solid point. Uh, But one thing that I you know because 
like you I actually didn't know that it was just listed on his website and you could just go download the tracks that, yeah. because cool. like you got into him uh before acid rap came out acid rap was my introduction to him and so like I was bussing tables at Dakota's and I'd be sitting there swabbing the swabbing the floors and uh my buddy John who is now a video and photo guy for the New Orleans Saints and the New Orleans Pelicans shout oh, out yeah. shout cool. out my boy uh he got me a taught me how to smoke out of a bong and b uh <laughs> got me into chance the rapper and he put on juice and smoke again one night and i was like why does this like weird ass voice like why does it just sound so good and you know it was it was the soundcloud days too like before before he or like before streaming services popped off mm -hmm. all of this shit was on soundcloud and the one yeah. thing that kind of chaps my ass about it being on Spotify is that Push a Man and Paranoia got separated to two different tracks. Uh, because if you remember, it was like what true. two to three minutes of silence mm -hmm. between after Push a Man. It was a uh, Paranoia was a hidden track. Mm, so okay. it was Push a Man would play, and then you would get like two minutes of silence, mm -hmm. and then that beat would kick in for Paranoia, and it actually added this element uh it, like this you're like what the hell like why isn't the next song coming on and then mm -hmm. after that silence that weird beat kicking in it was like ooh, mm -hmm. like even talking about it is giving me leg goosebumps right now because <laughs> it's like because it was so nice but yeah, uh that's a deep pull it is yeah mm -hmm. and then that's, that's why like i like the album it does it on the the lp as well you know it has the hidden track aspect to it juice is on there right like oh yeah yeah okay yeah, yeah, cool yeah. cool cool yeah, this is a self. This is a That's self release. Cool thing about physicals, yeah. Yeah, you got to get the physicals. Mm -hmm. uh, I liked a lot too. Um, I, I was surprised on Acid Rain that Jake One produced it. Uh, Jake One, he's produced songs for like Denny Brown, MF Doom. Really? Uh, yeah. So that was cool. I didn't know that. Um, I was looking at the production like list as I do. Yeah. Uh, and that was cool. I caught that. But a lot of the production on it was like kind of just people i had never heard of like yeah them people fuck i think i yeah. think bj even has like a production credit on this bj the chicago Some kid like that yeah but yeah no like super like solid for a mixtape like having that production the feature list <sighs> like everything it was it was good and yeah like it was an introduction to a lot of people yeah. i feel like a lot of people heard of chance the rapper through this album mainly very much so. so like after like when i get home i'm gonna uh, do another Skype call with my sister and her boyfriend because they're they have a, a painting of his the album that came out after this or his first like actual album mm -hmm. the coloring book they have a painting of that in their living room and so like when I brought this up like I had been sitting on this for a while because I was like I want to I want to do it when the time's right mm -hmm. and you know last week with us doing uh, the wall and you know spin fest as mm -hmm. we called it uh, <laughs> I had I had two things in mind. I was like, got to get G on and then got to have uh, a little side shoot with uh, my sister and her boyfriend because he does rap music. Like he he's a rapper mm. and we always talk about it. And so like that being said, and I could I could also call like three other motherfuckers like this could mm. be like I could dedicate just like an hour and a half just of this album mm. based off of the people that I know that this album influenced. Um mm. And if we want to talk from a from a lyrical standpoint, uh, there's all sorts of good shit, mm -hmm. you know, going on on this, you know, uh, 
around here it's easier to find a gun than it is to find a fucking parking spot mm. uh gavin you and i always uh quote acid rain uh wore my jacket as a cape and my umbrella as a cane you know mm. just there's just so many little one-liners off of it or mm. whatever fucking Oxford necklace the what was that the richest man ratchet wears the uh snatches necklace yes yeah. Yes. <laughs> that follow-up line afterwards. Yes. How he's how he's influenced by these people that have you know by Kanye as you said, and then he went and networked with people like No Name, who's very uh, she's very in the know. She's very uh conscious, you know. Mm-hmm. And on his one of his songs, I think is like a really big uh, just it's very telling to him being very conscious as well to the state of things, the world, especially Chicago itself and where they grew up. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just it's very influential. Sorry, go ahead, Gavin. Finish sorry, go up. Ahead. I'm sorry, there's probably a delay. Uh it it's like you said, it's just very influential, like to people of the scene, to people around there, to people who grew up in that uh in that area, and just people who want to contemplate, you know, the state of the world in general. I think it's a very good conscious album. Yeah. Yeah. That was going on a lot too, like when like a lot of this like uh psychedelic, like acid hip hop, like with ASAP Rocky, with Flatbush Zombies, they were very like um kind of opening up their mind and like speaking like and the stuff they're rapping about it's like very like in the moment, like in time, what's going on with the world. Yeah. Uh, and you hear that with what he's rapping about too. Um, like one of the songs that I feel like helped a lot of people, uh, everybody something. That's a great track. Yeah, yeah. it's like just kind of speaking about you know like sometimes you feel down or depressed or whatever, but it's like there's something more to that. Like it's we know, all belong to somebody. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's something not, in a sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you're yeah, not like sure. nothing. You're not like yeah. worthless. Like mm-hmm. there's always worth to someone. Yeah, you're so. not worthless. That's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If that was actually my senior quote. My senior year was everybody's somebody's everything oh, nice. was my nice. senior quote. I've all my yearbooks are locked in an attic and uh, <laughs> your fucking Bailey brought, brought out hers and it made me text my mom. I was like, please give me my yearbooks. <laughs> I was like, I fucking need them. <laughs> I was like, give them to me because I wanted to. I wish I had it so that way I could like, you know, cut that in right here. Mm-hmm. But no, that song in particular is, you know, very. uh exactly it like it makes you that song helped me out a lot because i was going i was going through some shit my senior year that's why that ended up being my senior quote um but i feel like also the good ass intro and then everything's good good ass outro Mm -hmm. it is hard to pick which one is my favorite Mm -hmm. uh you know the first line i texted it to you guys today from uh everything's good the remember sitting in class the first time listening to dilla Mm -hmm. Everything's mm. good. Like, just the Jay Dilla shout out is like, damn, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, he samples uh, Jay Dilla on that song. Somebody, or what song is that? Everybody Something. Yeah, Everybody Something. That's uh, uh, Fall in Love. That's off that song that he samples. Really? That's a Dilla beat. Yeah. I didn't know that either. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck, dude. All right. It all checks out. It all, yeah, che- it checks all carries. Out, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, a cool thing about that song that I uh, read up yesterday uh, while reading to this or while listening to this, uh, that phone call at the beginning mm-hmm. was authentic. 
uh, the phone call from his dad that's like, hey, I just want to let you know I couldn't get that laptop or whatever. That was an authentic phone call. Uh, Vic Menza was in the studio with him and actually said that Chance got the call and knew because every time his dad calls him, he says something like super sentimental or is like just his dad's a fucking sweetheart, basically. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so Chance was like outside of the booth and got this call and his dad started talking and he ran in and just held his phone up to the mic on speakerphone and got that whole phone conversation. Nice, that's and then after the phone call ends, he says, thanks for coming, guys, which is in a, which is him addressing the audience and being like, hey, thanks for listening to this whole album. Mm. Here we go. And then it ends up being one of my favorite songs on the album mm. as, as mm-hmm. a whole. Um, but no, man, fucking acid rap. G, do you have do you have any uh, closing arguments? <laughs> No, no arguments. Uh, I think <laughs> I want the album covers too. I die just to represent him. Um, I think it was a wonderful album, very representative of the area and of the people and the artists that come out of there. Um, it really branched into even further down the road, and I think uh, we'll see if he gets back to the roots with it in the next couple albums. But right. Play- this has a very special place in my heart, and I'm glad you guys brought it up. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah! It's aged like super well. I feel like too. Like, yeah, it's something where uh, it definitely feels very like kind of time castled mm-hmm. in a specific like time setting to a lot of people. Hell yeah! Uh, yeah. So yeah, it's. I mean, it's 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 a great one for sure. Like early 2000s, like mid 2010s. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's like it's right there with right the other albums that came out that year mm-hmm. so. yeah like you said it's a perfect like it's kind of steer it's like kind of removed from what was going on you know mm-hmm. 2013 uh was an insane year for music in general but for rap music in particular like uh pitchfork which you can we can argue <laughs> we could argue the, the validity of them nowadays sure uh we could argue that all day because they're kind of fucking clowns at mm-hmm. this point. Uh, but <laughs> um, they like to bring up another, to just mention another album mm-hmm. that we've covered uh, 2013, the best hip hop album that year was uh, RTJ two from run the jewels, mm-hmm. which we covered. And I was like, so you had stuff like that, that was getting recognized. And then you had shit like this, I think because the internet by childish Gambino came out that year or maybe mm-hmm. the year after, so 2013 mm-hmm. was really this, it was kind of this uh, hodgepodge, you know, it was kind of like the late 90s uh, mm-hmm. for music as a whole. 2013 for hip hop was really fucking wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, two years later, you've got the Migos and fucking designer and future popping up. But G, you, uh, one thing that I want to get uh, from you is you mentioned that you're wearing tie-dye uh, and you have a relation to tie-dye and chance do you want to go into that real quick oh yeah i was telling dory last night uh the song juice um really got me into tie-dye and just so if you watch the music video on youtube i think that the juice that he the juice what he's talking about is that that swagger uh he wears a <laughs> jacket underneath a leather jacket and i just thought that was so cool as a little high school kid i was like "Ooh, that's some cool that's a cool look and i kind of <laughs> tried to start pulling off tie-dye and uh that's why i had to rock it today 
Hell yeah. yeah. That's cool. I love it. I he love was, it. I mean, that's what he's wearing, too. Like, that. that's like a real photo on, like, South by Southwest. I was going to say, did. yeah, it's a real tip. Yeah. He's wearing the tie-dye uh, tank top. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, like, we could go into, there's so many weird fan theories about his album covers for the first three projects that he put out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ten Day, it's a picture of him looking up. And people have said that that's representing him looking up to a bunch of rappers, you know, because he was just coming out. And then this one popped off and people were like, oh, this is him looking the rap game in the face. You know, he's like, I'm part of this now. And then Coloring Book, when he really fucking exploded back Mm -hmm. in like 2016, is him looking down and being like, I'm one of the top rappers in the game right now. Mm -hmm. And so, Mm -hmm. like, that's just a wild wild fan theory that yeah exactly may or may not be true but it's really cool though is exactly (laughs) is really cool to look into yeah uh that's like but i think uh i think we've done a really good job of covering this you know talking about it uh and gee as you know we got to do honorable mentions and top threes and as our as our honorable guest i'd like you to go first you got any honorable mention top threes for this Ooh. Man, I would have to go number one. Everybody else said it too. Uh, everybody's somebody's everything is electric. Everybody's something. Um, Smoke Again was a great one. It was a great summer vibe hit. Uh, I loved Absol on it. And then I'd have to go with uh, Juice just because that was my song. Juice. Hell yeah. <laughs> so hard to pick though. There's so many really good ones, but. I'm- those ones hell yeah any honorable mentions that didn't make the top three? Oh man most of them uh <laughs> everybody was doing cocoa butter kisses for a long time that was the song yeah. that everybody was bumping uh favorite song with childish gambino that one's awesome the kettle drum track on that's beautiful mm-hmm. yeah there's a lot of them hell yeah fuck yeah dude great picks uh i'll go ahead and go next honorable mentions for me uh the last two tracks on the album uh everything's good good ass outro and chain smoker uh those are my honorable mentions and then number three paranoia number two everybody's something and number one acid rain uh have always always loved that song Mm -hmm. and it's just that one it was a toss-up like if chain smoker would have been my like if if I would have done my top three like two days ago, Chainsmoker would have been it. Okay. But mm-hmm. this morning it was I had to switch them out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, those mm-hmm. are mine. Good choice. Yeah, if I'm going uh, honorable mention, I'm gonna go uh, Cocoa Butter Kisses. Uh, yeah, uh, top three, I'm gonna go uh, Juice, uh, Everybody Something, and then Acid Rain. Yeah, because uh, I feel like he was a lot more lyrical. And a lot more personal in that song. Mm-hmm. And it, um, he kind of, just to go back into it real quick, he was kind of more lyrical and more introspective on the second half of the album, mm-hmm. which is why I like it. You know, I, I fuck with the first half mm-hmm. for sure, right? But that second half, especially like the last three songs on it, it's mm-hmm. like, damn, he's actually really you know getting into his own mind or yeah. whatever like he yeah. wrote stuff down for it and it was like thought out mm-hmm. and it was a lot more like uh of a process that he did for it mm-hmm. yeah so what was that g uh i 
I really like how you guys said that he's more introspective on the second half. That is kind of like a doing a tab of acid. You're very party like and just bubbly and fun on the first part of it, and then towards the second half, you start getting more thought out and mm-hmm. thought. Uh, so yeah, I I totally agree. Very much so. Hell yeah. Yeah, I like the first half of the album stood out to me a little bit more. Okay. I just felt like it was a little bit stronger music-wise. Mm-hmm. And just, it just set the tone for me. But the second half was good as well. Yeah. But a lot of my choices are from the first half, if I bring it up. But honorable mention, Smoke Again. Yeah. Fun track, like you said. It's got that summer vibe kind of feel to it. Uh, then 321, got Cocoa Butter Kisses, Paranoia, and then Everybody's Something. Yes. Nice. I love that that's a mainstay between the mm-hmm. four of us. You know, is Everybody's Something. Uh but fuck yeah, man. G, can't thank you enough for hopping on. Appreciate oh, yeah. you. I appreciate you all. Good to see you, Gavin. Hell yeah. Let's go. Back. Hell yeah. But uh, we're going to go ahead and dive into the rest. Uh, you have a great day. If I don't see you before you go scooting, be safe. Thanks, guys. I'll catch y'all later. All right. Later. Peace out. Much love, bro. Later, guys. Ooh, you're right. It is a little toasty on this side. If it wasn't so glary, I would just move the fucking thing. But it's toasty on this side. But I got the high chair now. Yeah, you got the you got the high chair, and you got the melanin. So I got the yeah. I'm getting all the nutrients. Yeah, you're photosynthesizing. My photosynthesizing. Nucleosized. Right? I'm about to start flowering. In <laughs> within the men. We find his, his nucleus. nucleus. <laughs> his nucleus? Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. gotta get the fucking nacho in there. Dude, uh, music or movie soundtracks. Dude, movie soundtrack. Yes, that is one. Another day we gotta just, I got do, to, it. Yeah. just do that yeah. one week. Yeah. yeah. We, I don't even think we need to make it a special episode. No, I think we it. just do it. Yeah. As I, have like a, a I have a friend that has a, that has a filth. Huge hint. I have a friend that has a Phil Collins movie soundtrack. Tarzan. A Phil Collins. It could be anything. If it's a, hey, if it's the fucking Tarzan soundtrack, dude, have that mofo come. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll allow a fourth album to listen to the Tarzan soundtrack. Yeah. That's my favorite. That's my favorite movie soundtrack outside of uh, Social Network. That's a good one. With no. Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. Atticus. Tron, Daft Punk, all Daft Punk. Uh, Nacho Libre has bangers. Unfortunately, the vinyl I have doesn't have uh, the best song from the movie. And it's also been... (laughs) It's been... It's been Gronkowski spiked into the ground by this fuck. (laughs) We we were... uh, One of the first times Jacob and I hung out outside of work. Uh, Was that after the show? That wasn't... No, that was before Zay, right? That was before Zay, yeah. Yeah. We, we, I had a carnesada at my place, or my parents' place, and we had a bunch of people over, and... It was just you, me, and Kevin at this point, It though. was just me, yeah, me, you, and Kevin, before everyone showed up, and you brought Nacho Libre, and I was like, hey, let me play it, and then Kevin was like, here, catch, and he threw me something, and I had vinyl on one hand, and my dumb ass tried catching it, and then... Just... Just like, pancaked pancaked my vinyl right onto the ground it didn't break it still played 
I made him because he was flipping sides. I was like, you have to start the first side over again. I was like, you have to make sure that shit's not broken or not. It's fine though, right? Scratched. Oh yeah, no, it, it played. Fine. It played perfectly. We it's, played. It's part of the memories. Oh, hundred percent. Every time I look at it, I'm like, I literally mention that every time like someone sees it. They're like, you have a Notch Libre soundtrack? I'm like, yeah, actually, it survived getting. <laughs> just spiked into the ground yeah. like a touchdown celebration. Uh, nah. Yes. I I don't know if you saw, but Matt and I were talking about it. I've been leaving in some of these like side convos. Yeah, no, I like it. Yeah. They're it, funny. Yeah. It's like good little good little sad talk. Yeah. Good little sad talk. But let's deviate away. Let's go ahead and get a little focused here. Uh we're gonna go ahead and move right on. We just had a great, uh, great time talking about Acid Rap by Chance the Rapper, featuring my good, one of my best friends, fucking G-Man Gavin, uh, talking about Acid Rap. Great time doing that. Uh, but we got to go back in time and kind of, kind of switch the vibe up, but uh, still very, you know, kind of stony a little bit uh, with Jake's pick for this week. So what you got for us, brother? Yeah, so definitely going way back. To 72 damn the year is 72 uh with uh vulcan star trek um it came out in 1972 this is the front this is the back uh super trippy um it's some reggae more specifically dub uh dub instrumentalist the second time we're bringing up reggae Second time it's dub reggae. That's true. It's the second time it's, yeah. time it's dub reggae. Mm -hmm. uh, I've been kind of on a reggae bender recently. Mm -hmm. um, just because, I don't know, especially with dub, with instrumental, like, it's just something you could put in the background, either it be if you're cooking or if you're just hanging out or if you're smoking or whatever, yeah. just lounging. Uh, it's good music to listen to. Um, this, I found out about this walking into Moon Rock. Uh, and Shout out. And it was just laying there. Callie was spinning it. I was like, this is badass. Um, <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> Had to get it. Had to get it. Uh, what yeah. is this circus music? Right? It. Yeah. What What? Uh, yeah. What are you guys' takes on it? To, to start off with your point with you hearing it when you walk into a record store, I love it when you can find a, an album or a new mm -hmm. artist that you've never heard of by that happening. It yes. happened to me a few times at House of Records, and over the years it's been great to find new artists. It's how I actually first heard Sade Villain. Nice. I hadn't, I hadn't heard that until we yes. went, until you, me, and George went mm -hmm. there. For record, yeah, right? For, for, yeah, no, no, that was just one of the days that we went shopping there. Oh, it yeah, wasn't our, yeah, yeah. no, yeah, it was RSD two years ago. No, it was RSD, yeah. Yeah, it was, our, it was the first RSD oh, we yeah. went to. Nice. Yeah. Record stores always have good music playing. Yeah. They always have the good music. Part, but sorry, to, uh, sorry no. to cut you off. Go ahead. No, you're good. No. I was just saying that, yeah, I found many artists, and this is a very unique artist, and what a, what a great way to get introduced to them. Uh, it's got that, like, synthesizer, like, brand new Moog just coming out kind of vibe to it. It's even got a song in there called, what is it? Uh, Moogaboosh or something? In the Moogboosh. In the Moogbush, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the ARP 2600 synthesizer. Oh, okay. Nerd. Um. <laughs> <laughs> now you all know. I now didn't know that's know. what it's called, apparently. Yeah. And it's <laughs> You're two, laughing way too hard. <laughs> and it's, it's two different artists, is that right, on this album? We got the Vulcans, and then it's yeah. like Cat or Colonel Elliot and the Lunatics is the second half of the album. Yeah, which, so which I, kept throwing me off because I kept trying to find more information about these guys, and it kept giving me different like 
when, yeah, I just kept getting these. I'm going to go ahead and be rants. honest. Yeah. I noticed that, and I was like, oh, he probably didn't want me to listen to that whole thing. And so I looked up what was just on the vinyl and only listened to what was on the vinyl. Uh, That's fine. That's okay. fine. Because, okay. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it is two separate. So I guess what happened is this Star Trek, it came out in 1972. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the guy that did it, um, what's his name? Ken Elliott. Mm-hmm. Uh, he made, like, it flopped. Like, when this came out, it flopped. Um, That's so weird. then he made a second group that is that okay um and that oh, they combine them so that's why it shows up as like two things mm. and it shows up as two like titles in the album it's star trek and then interstellar reggae drive mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's because it's that second part of the okay uh, colin elliott and the lunatics gotcha um, okay. but yeah initially when this came out apparently it flopped like it, it flopped it didn't do too well um the record label uh trojan What's it called? Ripped for her pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. I like that you. I love that you crack yourself up. <laughs> uh, Trojan Trojan Records. Yeah. Okay. Trojan Records. They're like uh, very famous for reggae style artists being mm-hmm. on their label. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so when this came out, they were like, "Hey, reggae's in electronic reggae's in mm-hmm. with moves and stuff." Let's jump on it, and it flopped. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it didn't do too well, and then they re-released it. This is a repress. Um, it's it's like rare or whatever, like one of a thousand or whatever the fuck. But uh, yeah, um, now that it's back, like a lot of people, I was looking online. A lot of people apparently heard of it like way back when they were older, like older people, like they had heard it before. Okay. Don't know where, don't know how, uh, but they had heard it before. Um, but yeah, it's like it's like real reggae vibes with electronic, very synthy, very um, yeah, just kind of outer worldly, uh, outer spacey. Even it's got the Star Trek name all the way. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. got the Star Trek, the titles, oh, everything. Uh, yeah, it's real neat. Um, the cover, obviously, kind of just when you see it, it's just like very trippy. Yeah, the dude the with hands. the huge hands. Yeah, it's a cool cover. All right, bro, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. Uh I I really liked it, you know. I if I if I had to pick between this and New World of Dub, isn't that what the other one was called? You and I were New Chapter of Dub. New Chapter of Dub. Uh they're both very strong, but this one it just you know, you kind of mentioned it uh we played some MLB the other the other day the three of us and you were like you were like it just keeps going. You know, it just flow. It's so cohesive and such a complete project that it flows one track to the next. And and that was my takeaway, too. I was like, man, it really is, you know, so, like one song will end and then the next one will just be like a little like just kick in and the excuse me, the moog on it. Or the fucking Atari twenty six hundred synthesizer, whatever the yeah, fuck. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the I really liked that throughout it, and then it had just that. The guitar on it is just holding it down the whole time. It's just textbook mm-hmm. reggae riff. Mm-hmm. Just and it just yeah. anytime you hear that riff, you just got to do this head bop. Just fucking, right? Yep. Back and forth. <laughs> and yeah, it just the, and it's it's so good, mm-hmm. and it is you know you. You put it perfectly, uh, Jacob. 
it, it is great just to put on in the background you know and because there's there's no no singing on it you know mm-hmm. no vocals mm-hmm. and it is just that you know it's like hey here's the music mm-hmm. take it for what it's worth um and, and it takes you for a ride you know there is it yeah. does differentiate but the fact you know I'll say it every time. I love an album that flows together like that, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's a, a tool album or uh, mad villainy or, you know, fucking the Vulcans, you know, mm-hmm. the fact that they were able to do that, you know, just one into the next. It's like, Hey, we're just going to bam, 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 mm-hmm. hammer it out was yeah. phenomenal. And it, I like that. It, uh, I don't know. Very like uh, video game soundtrack esque. Yes. Yeah. Uh, right. Donkey Kong Country bonus Don- level shit. Yeah, definitely. For sure. Um, like, I'm really into that, like, weird kind of funky stuff. Uh, I've shown a lot of people this album. Uh, I played it at work a couple of times. I don't know if you guys remember. Uh, um, either Red Herring or Journey Into Space. I meant to make a note of it, but mm-hmm. one of those songs I remember specifically you playing back when we all worked together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I still talk to Anya every now and then. So we got away uh, with murder back then. Yeah, Anya asked me the other day, like a while ago, she's like, what's that band you played that sounds like a dog's brain again? <laughs> and I was like, oh, you mean, I remember you mean her, this? I remember her yeah. telling me that. Shout out, Anya. Shout out. <laughs> Shout out Houseplants yeah. on Instagram. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Fucking... I remember yeah. that was that it. You just unlocked a memory for me because it was one of those two up. songs playing, and she looked at me because like you were helping a member, and she looked at me. She's like, "Doesn't this just sound like what a dog's brain is all the time?" And I was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. I was like, what? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, I guess. I gotta, I gotta send her this. It, it'll be funny. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, it, it's very much like that. It's very kind of just random, randomness. It's very fun. Uh, instrumental music mm-hmm. with the reggae twist. I love that it has that reggae twist in it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, very synthy. Very like it sounds like old school like what you would expect from like old school instrumental reggae uh, like sound to it it is very um, textbook mm-hmm. you know yeah. when you said because uh, when we were all at my place last week we were all kind of like oh well mine's from 2013 and it's hip hop and then you were trying to think you thought I was going to do Yeezus and then you mm-hmm. you were like 1996 and I was like well that's fucking anything, anything uh, right. I was like that's anything mm-hmm. and uh you said 1972 reggae and I was like this is just bringing up fucking Exodus by Bob Marley and the Whalers or something that probably wasn't released in 72 but it's I was just like is he bringing up the Whalers like what's going on yeah. and uh, no again you know just kind of like we said about uh, acid rap this was uh, very much a time capsule mm-hmm. uh, for yeah. you know mm-hmm. the early and and it honestly the electronic kind of aspect to it mm-hmm. did make me think of Plantasia a little bit. I was yeah. like, it's got a little bit of a Plantasia vibe, which right. I do which I do appreciate. Mm-hmm. It's around the same time frame, too. Yeah, it was like, the, what? when was Plantasia? 76 or something? 70, yeah, 70 something around there. Yeah. But, but yeah, I, it's also like Ken Elliott, uh, like the guy that, uh, like the main head honcho guy, he went on to work with uh, Dillinger. Uh, and he's like a really big uh, reggae artist, um, okay. like master. Very much so. Um, That's with, wild. With him, uh, he went on to work with him, uh, and then also at the same time, uh, the song Star Trek. 
mm-hmm. uh, Mad Lib. He uh, he sampled it in a series called Blunted in the Bomb Shelter. So I thought that was cool. I've I, heard of that series. I found it on YouTube that it was like a mix that Mad Lib did. Um, so it's cool that even like you know nowadays mm-hmm. people that we look up to in music mm-hmm. like Mad Lib are like in the know of this. I was like, oh, that's cool. I didn't yeah. know that. No. But uh, yeah, definitely just some fun stuff. Uh, I knew you guys probably hadn't heard it. No. Yeah. Besides when mm. I had played at the branch, so I was like, hey, let's let's bring it up. Mm-hmm. I should have saved it for instrumental for sure. Looking at it now. But I mean, there's, there's always some other stuff we can bring up. So. Oh yeah, especially you. You're mm. you have you have so many instrumental albums. I know. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no. I think I think it was a good pick. You know, listening to it, I was like, "Oh shit, this is all instrumental." It's good to pepper in that kind of stuff, you know, to kind of yeah. to kind of counterbalance, you know, the stuff that, especially for this week, you know, with Matt's pick and my pick being very uh, lyrically uh, focused. I think mm-hmm. that was. Mm-hmm. I think doing an instrumental album was actually really good. Mm-hmm. Was it? Yeah. Sorry, it was a good move. Yeah, but um, yeah, if we want, I'll get in the top threes. Let's do it, baby. Dive in. Uh, honorable mention. I'm gonna go. Uh, Honorable mention, I'm going to go the end half of um, when it's with the band. Uh, oh. Elliot and the Lunatics. Uh, I'm going to go Jumping Jupiter. Uh, I like that song. Um, they, it's not so much electronic. It still has that electronic feel, but it's not just focused on the electronic sound. It's like actual live instrumentation that they're using on it. Okay. Um, but on the actual Star Trek album, uh, top three, I'm gonna go uh, Shanghai. I like that it has that kind of uh, like ancient, um, like what's the way, like what's the word I'm trying to use? It's like not Aztec, not Chinese either. It it has kind of like. Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Tell me, I hear me. <laughs> huh? I forget what it's what it's called, but it's like a, it has like this very much uh, Shanghai. It has like a. Oh, I mean, the, like, I mean the title's Shanghai, so I mean yeah. you can kind of fucking gather it. What's from the word there. I'm trying to use though? It, it's it's like kind of like that region. It has like the like the Asian Chinese like esque to it, um, and I like that. It has like very it's it sounds very regional. Yeah. Know, to that. Yes. Um. Vulcanized, uh, and then Star Trek. Uh, Star Trek, the first song on the album, I feel like it starts it off really well. Mm-hmm. And you f- just feel that reggae uh, electronic feel to the whole album. So, Hell yeah. Sweet. I like it. I'll go next. Do it. Uh, honorable mentions for me, Back a Yard. Nice. Uh, really liked that end track to this album. Uh, next, we've got Red Herring. I did like that mm. as well. And then number three for me, Shanghai as well. Number two, Dark Shadows. And then number one, this is uh, probably not very popular between the three of us, Dracula. Nice. I, I really know. fucking like Dracula. It has like very high pitch, uh, like screeching kind of. Yeah. Like and then point. and then the samples within it. <laughs> yeah, I want to suck your butt. It was like, it was like Frank, yeah. it was like Frank Reynolds from It's Always Sunny kind of vibes Mm -hmm. it was just very out there very funny i was like i really dig this uh but yeah so dracula for me was number one i like it 
Great pick. That's my number one, too. Hey! <laughs> hey nice. Um, the honks. We'll go, I'll go back to front. Uh, honorable mention was in the Moog Bush. Just the song title alone for that album is just perfect. Just sums right. it all up. And then three was Red Herring. Uh, two was Journey into Space. And then one was Dracula for the sampling. And just mm-hmm. kind of like a zombie kind of feel to mm-hmm. it a little bit, you know? It was like if Rob Zombie wasn't scary. Yeah, right. <laughs> like Rob Zombie could have made that uh-huh. could have made that song yeah. if he just smoked a little bit more weed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Fuck yeah, dude. Well, that was Star Trek by the Vulcans, released in 1972, which was Jake's pick for this week. Uh, We're going to go ahead and wrap this baby up talking about Matt's pick. We'll be right back. This is What You Spinning, episode 48. Mm-hmm. My gray shirt turned into a super gray shirt. Do you yeah, need your sunglasses for them there? Or are you two. good? I'm good. Okay. Good yeah. oh, to go. Hell yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. All right. It's time to put a big old fat bow on episode 48. Uh, and in order to do that, we got to uh, go back to the 90s and talk about some good stuff from back then. Yeah. Uh, what uh, What is that that we're talking uh, about? I don't think we brought this artist up yet on the cast. Nope. Surprisingly. Been Surprising. going back and forth on which album to bring up. And the one that I did pick is not a, a favorite album of theirs, but it's my favorite. Uh, it's 1996 No Code by Pearl Jam. Kind of a cool album cover. Unique Polaroids. Uh, for the viewers, that is Dennis Rodman's eye. He was a fan of the band. and Really? They let him take that picture for whatever Ooh. reason. And I'm sure this story's behind the other pictures, too. Um, definitely a departure from their sound Mm -hmm. they had the grunge sound from 10 and their other two albums after that were very uh heavy in that kind of style and this one kind of branched off and they took elements of like world music and went back to that garage rock kind of sound with some of the songs on this album almost Uh, a jam band kind of feel too at times a little bit Mm -hmm. a little bit it's got our boy brendan o'brien on the production side once again and i feel like anytime we bring him up it's an album that you know, have some backbone to it. Remind me real quick, what have we covered of his? Uh, chili Peppers. Chili, yep, Blood Sugar. I was about to say, I was like, I think it was Blood Sugar, mm-hmm. but no. Sorry, continue. Yeah. And then we have Jack Irons uh, coming in on percussion for the first time with Pearl Jam, and he was the original drummer for the Red Hot Chili Peppers. So yes, chili indeed. Pepper there. Um, there's a little bit of tension in the recording process with this because Eddie Vedder is, you know, perfectionist and some of the other band members felt that he kind of was too much involved in that, that sort. Uh, Jeff and Matt particularly. Uh, mm-hmm. But overall, it sounds great. I feel like um, it's different from what they've sounded like before, like I said earlier. And uh, the start of the album is slow and it builds up to that rock section and then it kind of ends with a lot of poetic kind of spoken word stuff. And mm-hmm. for me, it's a well-rounded uh, rock album and for mm-hmm. Pearl Jam and their discography being so vast it's a standout for me when it did come out it was you know it hit top on the billboard and just fell real fast because fans are like what the hell well, what is this so yeah. mm-hmm. what do you guys think I think um, you know I, I feel like I, I say this every time we bring up an album from this era but this one in particular it is really a testament to uh, why the 90s is like my favorite era for music 
-hmm. you know you've got a band uh, that you know you've got a band in Pearl Jam that uh, 10 came out in 91 mm -hmm. was such a strong debut mm -hmm. and was such like that sound is so distinct you know mm -hmm. and then uh, the other albums as you had said that uh, came after it up until No Code were still fitting that mold mm -hmm. And then uh, five years after 10, you get this. Mm -hmm. And it's leaps and bounds away mm -hmm. from where they started. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so to have a band that at the beginning of the decade established a sound and they're like, hey, we're one of like the, it, they're like the big four. You know, there's the big mm -hmm. four of thrash metal and there's the big four of grunge, which is Nirvana, Soundgarden, Alice in Chains, and Pearl Jam. Mm -hmm. uh, and so they they debuted that album, came out, and they were like, yeah, we're, fuck you guys. Like, we are grunge. Mm -hmm. And then they go into this, and you're like, what? Mm -hmm. and, and that's the beauty of the 90s was that everybody was like, screw it. We're going to do what we want, you sure. know? Because there was because everything because multiple genres of music were so popular you know you had rap popping off mm -hmm. or like hip-hop popping off uh electronic music was getting really big grunge music was massive mm -hmm. and uh, you know versus the 80s where it was very much you know bands that we now classify as like classic rock but back then were hard rock mm -hmm. and then uh like stadium rock with like twisted sister and fucking poison mm -hmm. there wasn't a lot of diversity or variety back in the 80s and so the 90s like this is a true testament to that you know you've got a band that established one thing and then five years later they come out with something completely different mm -hmm. hell yeah yeah i was i love this album mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i didn't listen to a whole lot of it you know i had maybe heard like present tense you know maybe some other songs off of it it was one i didn't really dive into mm -hmm. But listening to it, it really made me appreciate, you know, Eddie Vedder, Stone Gossard, all of the guys, like the whole band. I was like, man, Pearl Jam is really kick ass, you know, mm -hmm. for being able to do that. Just so short, like five years isn't is a long time. But mm -hmm. in, as far as albums, not really. Mm -hmm. I mean, this coming from a Tool fan that waited uh, nine, like basically 13 years for an album <laughs> to come out. Um, right. But anyway, no, that I great pick. Thank you for allowing me to get back into this because I, oh, yeah. again, like I said, I didn't give it the full appreciation that it, in my opinion, fucking deserved. Mm -hmm. So, damn, you tied the knot to that bow like perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well said. All right, episode forty-eight. Have so, a good week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. no, I think you you summed it up pretty well. Like, because um, when I think of Pearl Jam, I think of Ten. Yeah, uh, I think of Ten. I think of that album. Just like the power that that album had. Mm -hmm. And then when I heard this, like some songs, it felt like they were slower. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they'd like they'd build up to like hail hail, mm -hmm. and then like those songs are like a lot faster paced and a lot more going on. Mm -hmm. And then it has songs that were just like a lot more mellow, a lot more mellow, and maybe has acoustics on it. It's like very slower pace. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't know they had that side to them. Like I had just heard ten. I hadn't heard any of the other stuff, so uh, yeah, it was a good introduction to the rest of their stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, like a lot of their songs, uh, like "Who You Are," I like that song a lot because it's like a lot more slower pace. Mm -hmm. It sounds a lot more the lyric, the lyrical content. It's like a lot more thought out what they were doing. Um, and yeah, they kind of showed the best of both worlds, where they can do that like heavier garage style, mm -hmm. like with "Hail Hail," "In My Tree," "Habit," mm -hmm. and then the slower stuff. 
Um, so they did a good mix, like, uh, of different styles. I'm surprised that, yeah, like, um, a lot of the, they had, like, what, three back-to-back albums that went, like, platinum or whatever. The first one not to go multi-platinum, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Which is crazy to think that their first three did, or first four did. Yeah. Yeah. Or three, yeah. That's nuts. Uh, just to, just a little inside baseball, uh, a joke I made, because Matt and I are probably the biggest fans of their first album 10 that you'll meet uh i would say uh we would back when we were working i mean before we worked together now when we were still when all three of us were at the branch we would print we would make art to the words of jeremy off of 10 and uh like put it on each other's desks or like go into microsoft word and make yellow font that said lemon yellow sun and so you know we we joked about we joked about that album all the time and uh i was sitting there listening to no code the other day and i turned around and looked at matt and i said i don't like it and he was like what i was like i can understand all of the words i don't fucking like it and he was like and he was just like oh man like just started dying which is you know just just to exactly uh Exactly. Just to give in to a joke that, like, you know, us Pearl Jam fans have to deal with all the time. Like, you can't understand what he says. Listen to No Code. You can hear, you can understand every word. Okay? Yeah. Chill out. True. And Uh, listen to 10 more than once, and you'll understand what he's saying. mm -hmm. Clearly, he's saying, rest in his stone on a pillow made of concrete. Okay? And he is talking about a wizard on a whale. That's not misheard. (laughs) His vocal style is very different on this album, too. He He slows it down, and some tracks you're like, is that Eddie Vedder singing? Because if you don't know his voice, you can't tell, and you're used to him kind of mm-hmm. doing that grunge-specific sound. But mm-hmm. a lot of the heavier songs they've made throughout their career are on this album, whether it be mm-hmm. Habit or Hail Hail. Those are some. Those are one of my standout favorites because they're just yeah. it's heavy Pearl Jam, which which is a great thing to me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Can I make a comparison that you might hate? Please do, because I've made plenty of them that I'm sure you want to stab me in the face for. So. It had. Like, and don't get me wrong. I'm a fan of this band that I'm about to compare him to. I'm a fan. Light fan. Uh, no, you said. Yeah. I'm a fan. You said. I'm a fan. <laughs> I'm not like, I'm, I don't like go out of my way to listen to these guys all the time. It kind of had a Dave Matthews feel. Some of the tracks, yeah. Some of the tracks. Yeah. Yeah, it had kind of that like, not like, bam, 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 you know, Andy at the skate rink yeah. from The Office. It yeah. Not exactly that kind of vibe, <laughs> but the very much like i don't know dave matthews is very unique right like dave matthews band very unique uh very niche yeah um uh, but some of the tracks on this i was like man it's kind of got like a good like i i kept referring to it in my head as good dave matthews i was like it's like good dave matthews band (laughs) like the good shit from them uh which again you know we talked about it was a it was a massive departure from their you know mainstay grunge sound Mm. uh but no that was a weird thing i was like I was like, I hate that my brain is trying to make that connection, but I can't help it. Like, that 96, that's huge. That's like Dave Matthews Prime almost. You mm-hmm. know? It's like exactly. Everything's blowing up. Everything wants to sound like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where's Hootie at? Where's Hootie? Yeah. <laughs> uh, oddly enough, for some reason, I uh, did randomly, because uh, sometimes if I have trouble sleeping, I'll just, re- I'll just read Wikipedia articles, whether it's about like serial killers, WWE superstars, or bands. And I read the whole story of Hootie and the Blowfish because you and I oh. kept making jokes about it one day. Uh. And I was like, let me just read up on Hootie and the Blowfish. <laughs> Sorry, weird side tangent. But no, I <laughs> awesome. I liked I liked that part of it, you know, to where it was 
it's not experimental because that's kind of hard that's kind of a weird tag to put on something like this Mm -hmm. but for them it was you know it it was truly like i've said multiple times at this point it was truly a departure from where they were Mm -hmm. and they killed it you know Mm -hmm. as you said eddie vetter's vocal style on this Mm -hmm. massively different from the first four albums Mm -hmm. and i really like it you know um it was really hard for me to pick a top three Mm -hmm. uh, but you know you start off the album with sometimes great great track to start off with Mm -hmm. and you know jake you you kind of said it starts off kind of slow and then it kind of builds off of that and gets a little heavier toward the end you both kind of said that Mm -hmm. and and yeah but i think sometimes that song in particular and then going right into hail hail afterward it's like Mm -hmm. Wow, that was an aggress- That was a really fast like yeah. build up to the the harder stuff. It goes a lot of back and forth. Like they have those mm-hmm. really like where you could tell they're all kind of playing mm-hmm. with energy, and then they die down and go back slower. Yes, their pace. Yes, but uh, the intro and like around the bend to end it off, they're very mm-hmm. soft and subtle and kind mm-hmm. of yeah, cap it off on both sides. Kind of bookend it. Yeah, you for know. Sure. I I really dug that. I was reading up something that they said they were like boy, uh, boycotting like Ticketmaster and like oh, I all think their at venues. That time in their career, I think yeah. so. Yeah. What's that about? Why? I don't know. I think there was some issues on the tour that they had previously for the Vitology album, which didn't do all. That's another album that's just like man. kind of a throwaway album. There's a couple good tracks. Better Man. If I was man. a better yeah. man. <laughs> um, it's Gavin's but, favorite Pearl Jam song, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Not gonna lie. <laughs> Shout out. Shout out. <laughs> so I think there were some issues with the ticketing when that tour was going on, and okay. so they didn't like the way Ticketmaster mm-hmm. handled it, and so they didn't want to deal with them. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and also, since Which things haven't changed with Ticketmaster. There's always, there's no, always Ticketmaster be, sucks. Yeah, there's always got to be some controversy, yeah. I feel like. When Tool canceled that show, it took me like six months to get my refund. Mm-hmm. Like, But to since we're talking about it, I went on like a – which I found funny that I hadn't done it prior – I went on like a, a full Pearl Jam just as a whole research. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize like how quote unquote political they were. Mm. You know, very much uh, supporters of uh, environment of the you know protecting the environment, protecting the earth. Very big uh, like pro choice stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't realize like mm. how political they were. You know, well pe- probably because I hadn't like done a deep dive like that before. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's very interesting, you know, like we've talked about uh, Rage Against the Machine and Run the Jewels, two artists that are very much like, this is what we stand for. And, you know, it's like blatant in their music, especially Rage. And then, you know, you get Pearl Jam and you especially listen to this album. It's like this is very like, for the most part, it's pretty gentle. Like, yeah. you know, it's very mm-hmm. nice to listen to. Mm-hmm. And then it's like they're not like aggressive, like, you know, borderline communism like some bands are. Mm-hmm. But it's like wow they're actually like pretty woke you know like that's actually really cool or you know like Mm -hmm. they were listed like they were voted like planet defenders by like one of the biggest like uh (laughs) world environment like groups okay like just because they've like like, their soundtrack to their meetings that before they start it's just it's just no code yeah Yeah. like (laughs) but no i thought i was like man that's actually really interesting to think about you know like especially because they're very like they don't talk about that shit in their mm-hmm. music so if you didn't if you never do that deep dive you'll never know but mm-hmm. I, I don't know just thought that was cool and i was waiting for a segue for it so thank you 
good. I'm glad you guys picked up on some cool things about the album. Like I said, it's a departure album for them. Yeah. A fun one and my favorite, honestly. Wild to me that the fans didn't like it back in the day. Yeah. But I think it just goes to show you that the fan base was not as well-trained with their ears at that time, and they were dedicated to that grunge sound. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of those bands maybe wanted to stray away or just fine-tune a little bit better because that was not dying off, but it was definitely going away. And I mean... Mm -hmm. 96 was kind of soon yeah. to depart from that. Mm-hmm. So I feel like people were probably like uh, culture shocked mm-hmm. a, little a little bit. They're bit. like, they're like, yeah. what the hell? Yeah. Give me, give me even flow, dude. Right. What mm-hmm. the fuck? Yeah. I don't yeah. need this Dave Matthews shit. <laughs> <laughs> True. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, just as a casual listener, mm-hmm. like when I listened to this, it was very different from 10. Like it still had mm-hmm. the same, certain songs had the same feel, the mm-hmm. same energy. But they did a lot of back and forth, mm-hmm. back and forth where it's like, uh, you know, heavy stuff and then it's like calmer stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of, when I heard Pearl Jam and just seeing the cover and everything, I was like, okay, I'm kind of expecting something to be one off from 10 mm-hmm. or similar to it. Um, it kind of was, but it had its, it was very much its own album, like its own feel. You could yes. tell they're kind of doing something different. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah i don't know why you know some people weren't too much into it Mm -hmm. um but just as a casual listener i feel like it's good that it has it's different they're mixing it up because it's just the same sound the same feel you know it'll get it'll get over it'll get old quickly so Mm -hmm. right yeah right right on fuck yeah dude thank you for bringing this up like yeah like i said like i said it was it was really good to like actually dive into it you know other than hearing the singles or whatever you want to call it that yeah, i had heard prior sure. um i genuinely like it did you find this at a local shop or was it one you had to order no i found this at moon rock okay i felt like that it, yeah cool cool, so cool. Nice. i'll i think i need to add this one to my collection just because of how unique it is for them mm-hmm. so uh, you want to top three it up let's or? do it uh, honorable mention for me on this is going to go uh the double with present tense and i'm open yep because they have that both spoken word present tense a little bit more I liked I liked I'm open a lot too. Yeah. yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I did. It was like you said the spoken word aspect mm-hmm. on that one. I feel like I'm kind of the opposite. Like you probably like present tense more, but no, mm-hmm. I'm open. I was like, mm-hmm. all right, just tight, yeah. tight. And then three would be habit, which is such mm-hmm. a heavy song. And then two hail hail, just because it's another heavy song. And then number one, just because it's a song that uh, a buddy and I would sing together. Uh, off he goes. Yeah. I really I like that one. Just the lyricism and the way that song flows, kind of smooth, and then it gets kind of deep and heavy. And mm-hmm. uh, Eddie Vedder's vocal in that song is one, of, one of a kind. Yes. Uh, I'll go ahead and go next. Uh, honorable mentions for me. Uh, first one was Around the Bend. Uh, felt like, you know, you you mentioned that. Uh, it's a really good way to close out the mm-hmm. album and how the album's kind of bookended with Sometimes and then Around the Bend. Mm-hmm. Uh, very good, like, soft open, soft close. We're going to keep that theme mm-hmm. uh, going. Uh, honor- other honorable mention, uh, Present Tense uh, for me. Uh, I'm open. I It was really hard for me to pick, but the lyric that you shared with us that's like... Uh, you could fuck i 
can't remember it off the top of my head. You know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, the one where it's like, alone, yeah, just in past regrets. Yeah, uh, realize you're the only one that can truly forgive yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That lyric in particular uh, really resonated with me recently. Uh, so present tense, other honorable mention, uh, and then three, two, one, off he goes. Uh, mm-hmm. Number two, some uh, sometimes I had to get that soft open in there, and the number one was who you are for me. Okay, I like, I like that. That's yes. a unique one. Yeah, yeah, I like that one a lot. Yeah, I that's definitely my top three. Who you are? This was mm-hmm. a slower pace song. Um, honorable mention. I'm gonna go Red Mosquito. Red Mosquito cool was one. really yeah, good. That was a cool one. That was like that one. Yeah. Like that one. Uh, top three. Uh, Hail Hail. Mm-hmm. Uh, In my tree. Uh, and then Who You Are. That yep. that's my favorite song. Yeah, it's a lot slower pace. Um, they could switch up lyric lyrics on it. Yeah, in my tree, that's yeah. a good track too. That was yeah. a good one. Yeah. Some good yeah. stuff, man. It's definitely another album of of theirs that I'll I'll come back to for sure. Yeah, yeah. very much so. Cool. And then like and now you've opened the door. We got to. I'm gonna bring up ten at some point. <laughs> we have to. Man. We have the to. Alley-oop. <laughs> the alley The alley oop. But uh, anyways, that was No Code by Pearl Jam, released in 1996. <laughs> Uh, we're going to go ahead and let y'all know what we're bringing up for next week uh, to finish up episode 48. someone needs to be killed you kill him that's the way okay rest his head on a pedal made of concrete oh, I thought you were doing that yes. <laughs> uh, didn't show off my Eddie Vedder tattoo I meant to do that during the cast oh, sh- <laughs> 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 shit do you think they have uh fuck how how rare do you think a mad season vinyl is there's got to be a reissue at some point there's got yeah be. within there's the last 10 be. years river of disease fucking love that's that kind of cool random pool yeah wonder huh? why i wonder where you got that idea <laughs> well no i guess i fucking i was doing an eddie vetter impression and did i stay away by alice in uh, chains which just kind of builds into yeah shut up <laughs> Anyways, I'll stab you, dude. Builds into me picking my nose. Sorry. Do you want a leg tattoo? I'll give you a stick. If it looks thumb. like Eddie Vedder playing tambourines. <laughs> yes. Did he even play tambourine? <laughs> I was in a Pearl Jam in high school. Uh, real quick, great sketch. Uh, Portlandia. Uh, great Portlandia sketch about a dude with an Eddie Vedder tattoo playing two tambourines. Uh, fucking hilarious. Uh, <laughs> that sounds good. It is so good. Uh, Matt can find it. In- Please send that. Yeah, please send it. It's so funny. Uh, but anyway, it's time to introduce uh, our albums for next week, and we go in the order that we talked in this episode to kind of keep it spicy. Uh, which means that I'll be going first, and um, just as I inspired the boys a little bit uh, past couple episodes, Matt inspired me. Oh. And oh, cool. I'm going dirt by Alice in Chains, released in 1992, and uh, a true grunge staple. You know, we just talked about Pearl Jam, uh, one of the big four of grunge, but we talked about kind of their departure from that genre. Uh, so I'm going with a 
grunge staple in an album that uh, really does mean a lot to me. Been listening to this for fucking years. Uh, really stoked to cover it. Uh, Dirt, Alice in Chains, 1992. Oh, yeah. My pick, I'm going to go hip-hop. It's been a while since I brought up hip-hop. Uh, I'm going to go nice. Slum Village. Nice for that. Yes. Fantastic. Volume Dose, Volume 2. Uh, came out in 2000. Uh, a staple in hip-hop and specifically Detroit um, and just anywhere. It's still when it had Jay Dilla on it uh, in the group. So Does this one have Dilla? Mm-hmm. Nice. Still you said special. Volume 2? Volume Dose, yes. Nice. I'm excited for that, dude. Me too. And I'm going to the Swiss from 2007, a band called The Young Gods. It's super Ready Fragmente. You guys heard a little bit when we were testing it out. Yes. Uh, not techno, but definitely more of a uppity vibe. So the young dr- gods, good drive, the young gods, super super ready. ready. Okay, perfect. Yeah, yeah like when it. we were playing that last time, it was good. I it was it. really good. Yeah, that was uh, last time we were at your place. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm already a fan. Sweet. Um, yes. But fuck yeah, uh, the young gods, slum village, and Alice in Chains are what we'll be covering for episode forty nine. I uh, feel like that's a good way to. I feel like that's a good one to do right before uh, instrumental day. You know, mm-hmm. it is right. Yeah. You know, definitely. I feel like we unintentionally do this every time. You know, because I didn't. I definitely didn't realize like, oh, next week is forty nine. Mm-hmm. I was just like, this is forty eight. Mm-hmm. And I feel like every time we have a themed episode, we all go wildly branched out. <laughs> like none of us do hip hop. Like n- there's not two of us that are doing hip hop, two of us that are doing rock right. kind of thing. Uh, so no, this is again, we've managed to do that unintentionally, which is fire. Uh, anyway, I'm Dorian. That's Jacob. That's Matt. Thanks for hosting my guy. Uh, shout out my boy Gavin for hopping on at the beginning of the episode. Uh, he will be back at some point. Uh, anyway, this has been what you spend in episode 48. Have a great week. Stay hydrated. Stay cool. It is getting hot out there. Uh, go ahead and catch us next time for episode 49. Take it easy.